from digitiki.com. And uh, yours truly, that the name is uh, uh, Ernie Menahuni. They sometimes call me Ernie Mahoney, the Santan Irishman. <laughs> for another visit here at the Quiet Village. I am your host, Digitiki, coming to you direct from digitiki.com, broadcasting in the heart of the Quiet Village. And I know it's been a long time since my last episode, and I do apologize, my my episodes, my my, uh, schedule really got away with me. Uh, A lot's happened since the last episode, and I am glad to be back. I've got a lot more shows in the works, so never fear. I know I had a lot of people who came up to me both face-to-face and sent me a lot of emails saying, I hope this is not your last episode. I hope you're going to keep going. Yes, I've got a lot more going. And I've got a very special episode. I know I always say that, but every episode is very special. This one's dedicated to the one, the only, Ernie Menahuni. But before we do that, we have a podcast sponsor. So let's hear a word from our sponsor before we get started. We'll be right back at the Quiet Village. Aloha! Join us September 19th, Indianapolis Time Out Lounge for Makahiki, a night of tiki. Enjoy music by DJ Johnny Yuma, vibraphone by Roland Remington, burlesque by Rocket Doll Review. Exotica and Surf by Cocktail Preachers and Ukulele by Mimi Leyu. Join us, Indianapolis Time Out Lounge, September 19th, Makahiki. Aloha! And joining an already great lineup, the Troubadours, a Shadows tribute band. For more information, visit us at www.indymakahiki.com. Or simply click on the banner on the homepage at digitiki.com. And mahalo to Makahiki, the event coming to Indianapolis. Please visit their website. They are a new sponsor of this podcast. I'm very happy to have them. And welcome to all of you. Welcome back. I am so happy to have this very special episode. I'm glad to be back after that hiatus. Uh, This is indeed a special episode. This episode is dedicated to the one, the only, and unfortunately, the late Ernie Menahuni. For those of you who heard that intro, that was actually Ernie from one of his live shows circa 1968-69, live at the Spanish Trails Resort in Tucson, Arizona, uh, the town that he eventually called home. He introduces him himself as Hawaii's suntanned Irishman, and actually he got that moniker, uh, and I believe, if I remember the interview with him, I believe it was because he had Danny Boy, the song Danny Boy, in his repertoire, and he sang it so well, he became quite popular for that. Uh, Ernie sadly passed away in March of 2015, so... 
uh, I would like to dedicate this show to him. I'm going to have uh, several interviews coming on. Mark and Maggie Bloom from Velvet Glass, who knew Ernie very well. I'm also going to have Suzanne Perry, wonderful artist and, I guess, film producer now, uh, who also grew up with Ernie Menahoney, and Jeff Chenault, who is a, a, uh, a regular here on Quiet Village, who also knew and wrote about Ernie quite a bit. So I'm going to have them on. I want to give you just a little bit of a background on Ernie. And I want to encourage everybody to go to episode 27. And uh, that is where I actually interviewed Ernie at his place in Tucson. His place was really interesting. He had he was in southeast Tucson in a very rural area. Uh, grass does not grow out there. He had a rather large ranch and a, and a large area that was green, but it wasn't grass. He had put carpet down and then painted it green to look like grass. He he tried to make Hawaii in, in the desert, and he did very well. There were palm trees everywhere. There was a pond with a pier. He had a stage where he could perform. He held regular luau's there every year or twice a year, I believe, uh, with several hundred people who would show up. Interesting fact, Minahuni was his legal last name, but he wasn't born Ernie Minahuni. He was born Ernie Rivera. And if that name sounds a little familiar, for those of you who collect Hawaii music, there is a vintage artist who has lots of records out from Hawaii named Larry Rivera. And that is actually Ernie's brother. And for those of you might have seen it, Nightcap with Larry and really kind of cool names like that. His brother, I believe, is still alive living in Hawaii. Ernie changed his name to Ernie Menahuni legally, which was quite fascinating. He was a really fascinating person. I um, So, again, he was called Hawaii's suntan Irishman. Again, I believe it was because the way he sang Danny Boy. So I'm going to start off by letting you hear Ernie's version of Danny Boy from Ernie Menahuni from his record Showtime recorded live at the Spanish Trails, I believe, 1969. Here is Ernie Menahuni live. Yes, I'll be here in the sunshine or in the shadow. Menahuni doing one of his signature tunes, Danny Boy. Don't get me wrong, though. He was really known for his Polynesian review. I mean, his show was a real cabaret act with comedy, with dancers, and, uh, of course, with lots of Hawaiian music. Okay, I am here with Suzanne Perry, graphic artist, about-to-be documentary filmmaker, producer, and... Uh, and I have to say, I got I got to say this little personal thing. If you're not following her on Facebook, please do, because you post the coolest album covers. Thank you. You're going to have to tell me. Now, you are related to Ernie? No, this is how it happened. My dad was one of the first Howleys on the mainland during the war years in the 40s. He was in the Air Force, and he 
got together the Polynesian Society over here on the mainland. Really? And he was a cowboy actor. He worked with Roy Rogers, and he sang with the Sons of the Pioneers. I have great shots of him at the microphone out in the desert, you know, the old CBS mic. And then he was always into the Hawaiian music and Hawaiian culture. And it just stemmed from there. So when I grew up, I grew up with... Toy in the Refrigerator, Lomi Lomi Salmon, uh, really Kalua Pig, you know, that was uh-huh. our staple. And my dad spoke pigeon English. My mother wanted to kill him every time he did. <laughs> but he hung out with all the, he started playing music with the Hawaiian bands. And back then it was Joe Keabe and the Polynesians, which is pretty um, rare, but you can still find their albums, and Sam Capuni and Harry Beatty. And so as I grew up, all my uncles and aunts were Hawaiian, and but they weren't really uh-huh. my family, blood family. They yeah. were, so my dad had this whole creation. So when both my parents died, we had a um, a formal Hawaiian funeral for both of them, and my uncle Joe Kiavi came out and stood at the gravesite with his ukulele and, and played. It was just magnificent. Oh wow! And we all threw lays in, and so th- my parents never actually got to go to Hawaii. Really. It's weird, but they never did. But my dad sang. I remember the luau's that used to happen at the Latitude 20 in Torrance. Oh, Pop Louie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, all of those. And then Ernie came along, and he just sort of one day was there. And my dad would always say, you know, this is your Uncle Ernie. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> what did I know? And it just sort of meshed. My life got meshed with all my songs. My dad played lead guitar, and, and all my songs growing up were uh, Princess Papuli and the Conchide Mare of Kanakakai, and all of these songs were uh-huh. my actual children's music. So, they, you know, that that was it. And we only usually had Hawaiian music in the house. That but sounds it's wonderful. Not weird. It's cool. So your family knew Ernie, and I, I am assuming his family oh, yeah. as well, and uh, and so he came over and hung out, huh? Yeah, he came, would come over to the house, and then we'd go down to the—we'd always go where, where Dad was playing music, and the luau's, and he'd play at uh, Joe Kiavi had a bar, and he different different places, and he would, you know, hang with Ernie. And then I remember I was in Vegas with another group, um, a country-western group then, mm-hmm. just as friends, and I was there with them. And Ernie was also playing, and my mom and dad flew in. And we went and took Ernie and the twins, we always called them the twins, to see the Stoneman family. It was who I was with. And then we all took the Stoneman family to see Ernie's show. It was really quite weird from, you know, <laughs> Nashville country. And then they'd go and they'd see the Ernie Manihuni Review. And it was like, what? It was strange. I was always, always odd. I mean, I now I know it was normal. But back in the 50s and 60s, it was not normal. It was weird. <laughs> so did you got did you actually get to see his shows very often? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes, a lot, a lot. And he was always he always made me laugh. I just remember as a kid. And it was I was, you know, probably 11, 12, you know, and then, you know, 18, 19, but he was always really sweet and really funny and very up. Uh-huh. Always funny and smiling and 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 full of energy. Oh my lord, full of energy. And, yes. You know, it was just Fun. My dad would get up. I have several. I think there's pictures I've posted before, and I think they're on the uh, Tiki Central uh-huh. um, of my dad playing with Ernie. There's a sign where he's holding up a sign in the background that says more. He'd go behind Ernie every time he was finished with a set and hold up this sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, you so, know, yeah. did you ever get to see him uh, later on when he played occasionally at the Contiki in Tucson? 
No, I just, for some reason, I kind of lost track of everything. And then I started coming back into this culture because it's, you know, started oozing out of me. And my friends were like, what's that? And what, why do you have that? And I'd be <laughs> like, then I'd have to explain it all. Now, when Tiki people come into my house, they're like, oh my God. <laughs> but everybody thinks I went and bought this at a, you know, at a, at a, at a thrift store. No, 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 nothing. I, it's all what I grew up with. And I can have, you know, I have pictures to prove there I am sitting at that little table. Here I am in this. That's that's amazing. But, um, it, it's it's amazing how it's turned around, and I always knew it was. And I have such a huge collection of Hawaiian music. I mean, just mm-hmm. it's like I have like a whole, you know, huge like two three terabyte drive just full of it because all the stuff that I've put on there and all the stuff that people have sent me and that mm-hmm. I've that I've gotten through the years. And um, a good friend of mine, Ronnie Blakely, who was in the movie Nashville. And she's also a, an amazing singer, and she worked with Dylan. Mm-hmm. She was over at my. She used to come over all the time, and I'd play Hawaiian music, and she just got so into it. Well, yeah. you know, I guess a a lot of the country artists did Hawaiian or wrote at least wrote Hawaiian songs, right? Yes, it yeah. was amazing. I mean, everybody got into the swing of it, as they say, the Andrews Sisters, uh, mm-hmm. Bing Crosby, of course, and then all these films. The Tuttles of Hawaii, and and back in the '30s, they were doing these wacky films. <laughs> And um, it just, it grew. And in the 60s, it was, I mean, I'm so lucky I got to watch it as it came in. And my whole childhood, like I look back on pictures, I'm like, oh, my God, I remember that. I remember that. I inherited my dad's guitar, which hangs in my tiki room. Oh, nice. And, yeah, and his, and all his sheet music. It was great, but I just remember seeing everybody sing live. You know, Hilo Hattie. I got to see Hilo Hattie oh. sing live. She would, yeah. <laughs> and she always wore that scarf around her waist, and it used to just crack me up. I just used to think she was so a little scary because she was a big woman. <laughs> I was little, but um, she was just, you know, Princess Papuli. I always mm-hmm. remember that song. Oh yeah. And yeah, and it was just amazing to watch the the luau's and the, 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 the every year more and more people and everybody got into it. And then it just sort of became a phenomenon, and mm-hmm. especially with Arthur Lyman playing mm-hmm. at, the, at the Latitude 20. My dad hung with all these people. Wow. And, you know, sometimes we didn't go to everything, but he'd, he'd always play like – my dad was a policeman. He was a sergeant um, in Manhattan Beach Police Force, and this was his, like, love, his side mm-hmm. gig. So, Fantastic. Um, That's just yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. That is – Kind of – it's trippy. That's very cool. Well, um, going back to Ernie, though, I got to mm-hmm. Jeff Chenault. I don't know if you know Jeff at all. Yes, I do. He and I yes. actually went out to, to Tucson and went to one oh. of his luau's. And the the night before, he did a show at the Contiki. So I got to see both. I got to see his oh. luau and the Contiki oh. show. And That's it was fabulous. just a riot. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, it was just him with this guy i forgot the guy's name who played on a little casio keyboard who i guess had played with him for years oh and, my god it could have been anyone yeah yeah and he had uh you know he had some some i guess his he's got daughters right if i'm not mistaken he, yeah i think he does yeah i think they had a hawaiian hula class that came out with kids and and, and adults right. and they did all these hula numbers and it was just a riot. And the, and I talked to Jeff last week, and the funny thing we remember from it was just the cheesy jokes that were funny because they were so cheesy. When he would exactly. he would sing something in falsetto and then sing mm-hmm. it up another octave, and and then he would say, do you want to hear it higher? And the, everybody would say, yes, of course. Then he'd get up on a chair and sing. Oh, 
And it was just funny. He was really, I I didn't know the impact back then. I just thought these people were funny, you know, and I Mm -hmm. grew up until I realized, oh my gosh. But I had contacted Ernie a few years ago because I finally, somebody put me in touch with him and I was going to make a trip out Mm -hmm. and we talked for a little bit on the phone and, you know, how's your dad? Well, dad died and Ernie outlived everybody, but mm-hmm. um, it was he. He remembered it. I was always little Susie to everybody. That uh. was my my unfortunate thing. <laughs> but uh, it, it was just the memories of of living that and hearing the music. And my mom had all the albums, and he'd always aut- he autographed everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so every album we have is like you know to my mom, Elise, oh, Ernie, love, da da da. But you know, great pictures, and and you know, I have to go through and find see if I can find more because there's gobs and negatives. Mm-hmm. But he was um, he was always nice. It was it was always Uncle Ernie, and that was always it. Uncle Ernie's coming over tonight. We're going to go see Uncle Ernie, and I never could figure it out. And uh, same with Sam Capuni uh, with the Polynesians. I'm mm-hmm. sure you've heard of that. Oh band. yeah. And he was in Gidget Hawaiian, and I remember that's like my favorite. Film. Oh. I remember him talking about how he was in that, and then he was in an Elvis Presley movie, but it it, it got cut. Oh. And uh, it just you know. Amazing things, but everybody was more family to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at the funerals, it was you know it was them that surrounded me. Yeah. It was all the Hawaiian people, and well, it's, it was just it really showed me. It was a huge, huge difference between my real family and my Hawaiian family. <laughs> well, that's that's really some fun stories. I mean, uh, I'm yeah. going to have to get a hold of you again and sit down and and oh. uh, get some more stories from you because that sounds I'd like love a real that. blast. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was some. I've got some great. I've got pictures of my dad with the original uh, Polynesian Society. I even have. I think I put it up on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. His Ernie Manihuni fan club card. Did you? Oh my gosh! I'm I gonna have to look for that. Yeah, oh. and yeah, I've got some great stuff. I mean, it, it, it's really and and lots and lots of stories. But I've got pictures of my dad with um, uh, Al. Uh, who was it? Oh my! All of a sudden, I just McIntyre. Uh-huh. Lonnie McIntyre, Lonnie McIntyre, um, yeah. sitting at a bar drinking with him, and uh, you know. But I think my dad used to say, "Now I don't know anything. So everybody's dead. My family's dead." He said that we were a descendant of Al Kailoa Perry. I don't know. Wow. Could be. Well, that's. But I'll go with that. I'll go with it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And well, my listen... middle name, actually, they they named me uh, Marie. Is what's on my birth certificate, but it was Malia. Malia. And my okay. mom didn't want Malia on there. She thought it would cause problems back in the 50s. I said, oh, no, no, no. And I was like, weird. But I remember these stories, little snippets, but mm-hmm. Malia is my middle name. Ah. So, yeah, and they changed it to Marie for the birth certificate. I wish, damn, I wish they would have left it that way. <laughs> but, yeah, there's lots of stuff. But I was shocked. You know, I was really shocked when I heard he had passed. I was Because that was still in my dreams was to get there and see him. Yeah, I I actually had thought about going back to catch another show, and apparently, from what I understand, he was literally in the process of planning another show at the Contiki. Oh yeah, that's Ernie. He he, he just boom, that was it. He just kept going and going and going. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah, I couldn't. But that's perfect. I couldn't believe his home. It was uh, he had made basically an island in the desert. That's what he told me when yeah. we talked on the phone. He said that, yeah, that he, because I'm like in the desert, and then I was like, I'm in the desert too. Isn't that odd? And he <laughs> says, now he goes, you're going to have to come out. I made this. It's it's Hawaii in the desert. It's my paradise right here. Yeah, it it really was. It was fascinating. But uh, listen, I don't want to keep you any longer. Huh? I want I want to thank you so much. 
Suzanne Perry, spelled S-O-U-I-X-A-N, right? S-I-O-U-X. S-I-O-U-X. Okay. That's okay. Everybody doesn't get it the first time. Look for her on Facebook. You're going to absolutely love all of those postings. I love every one of them that you put up there. And now I'm really dying to get together with you and talk some more and see your play. So... Well, you should. We you have an invitation to come over and see this. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mahalo, for coming on the show. And I hope to have you on again. I would love to. Aloha. All right. Aloha. (laughs) Now I'd like to play for you a very special song. Ernie Menahuni performing uh, a great song called Kaimana Hila, or Diamond Head, and he demonstrates his incredible vocal range, and I actually got to see him perform this live in Tucson. He was in his late 80s and still hit these same high notes, so I was excited to find this live version. Here's Ernie Menahuni. I'd like to demonstrate now, I'd like to demonstrate once again uh, the way we still sing in Hawaii. Now, this is called singing in falsetto or abrogato, uh, real high. It's a very beautiful tune called Kai Manahila, meaning diamond head.
when you play like you've never played before, I mean, play good, I mean. Thank you. And who knows, uh, uh, after this next chorus, I may be known as Ernie Menahernia. <laughs> Look at all the wishes back there. <laughs> here once again with Mark and Maggie from Velvet Glass, two wonderful artists, and uh, Maggie's a wonderful artist and musician. And Mark, you're just you're just an artist, right? That's it. Nothing I'm just, else. Yeah, <laughs> you're only an artist. I'm just kidding. Just an artist. Aloha! So it's good that's to have you. That's how Ernie used to start all his shows. Yeah, and and that's why I'm talking to you. So I wanted to talk to you guys because you guys moved to Tucson where Ernie was living, and and how did you discover Ernie? Yeah, that was that was thank goodness to Google. And when we first moved here from New York, we were desperately searching for all things tiki because back in the day, tiki had not quite hit the resurgence that it is today or even a few years ago. And when we moved here, we just wanted to find Tiki because there had been none at that point in New York. And we were going to thrift stores. We were collecting everything we could find. And I was on Google searching for anything local I could find, Tiki Luau, Tiki Aloha, Tiki Hawaii, Tiki this, Tiki that, tooth on this, tooth on that, and eventually came upon some kind of article that mentioned a luau at Ernie Menahuni, and I had never heard of him, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what this luau was. But I was like, oh, my goodness, Ernie Menahuni. So I did a quick search for him and found that he was playing at Ye Old Lantern, a local restaurant establishment um, that he had a monthly show he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the last Sunday of every month, Ye Old Lantern was one of the restaurants that Dean Short had opened in Tucson Dean being the man who also opened Contiki right. and Right. So, but we didn't know any of. We didn't know that at that time. We just went, oh, ye old lantern, and it was this old school dinner steakhouse thing that looked like, you know, you needed to be sixty five years old just to go in it. Yeah. And we went along. We went along to you know a Sunday night when Ernie was performing, and indeed we were the only young people there. And he did his show, and he had the hula dancers, and they had a little stage, and we were, it was love at first sight. We just like he, it was a true old school throwback dinner review, like they used to do, mm-hmm. and it was wonderful. I mean, it was it was it was corny, 
But the guy had amazing talent and amazing charisma. So we started to go to that every month. And, well, Mark and I both grew up old school. Um, anywhere, I, I was a big fan of uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, uh, Mark, Mark, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. We both enjoyed that sort of entertainment. Mm-hmm. So when I saw Ernie, which was very unusual entertainment for the time, you know, to be that old school and still be kicking it. It was sort of a where have you been all my life kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're not going to see that very often anymore, and you're really not going to see it in Tucson, Arizona. So we both had an affinity and a love for that sort of performance that was built in. So when we saw Ernie, it really was, oh, my goodness. And also, I then, it was like, as soon as we saw him, I suddenly, being a collector of vinyl, I then suddenly became aware of all these records that I would find in thrift stores. And I went, gosh, this is the guy we saw at the Old Lantern, and he had records. And all of them were signed. He always used to sign his albums. And I would just keep buying them and buying them. And I ended up with tons and tons of these records. And then we'd go to the Old Lantern, and I'd take them back to him. And he'd sign them again, and he loved it. And he'd like he'd immediately turn it over and go, oh, yeah, it's 1968 or whatever. I can't remember what the years were. <laughs> yeah, and he signed it again, and he loved it. He, you know, he was really into the idea that we were bringing him his old records and that you know, somebody cared, somebody yeah. remembered. He didn't know his records were out there being found by people like us. Yeah. Or, you know, really? in the first store, but not. He was really surprised the first time we brought him his records, and he re-signed them. And that sort of started a trend, because nobody had been bringing him his own records to sign for quite a while. I'm one of the very few people who own the incredibly rare and highly collectible double-signed Menahuni. (laughs) (laughs) Double-signed Menahuni. Yes. Well, I actually... When I came out there with you guys and I saw him, uh, I think I was with Jeff... We saw the Contiki show. It was a blast. I mean, he must have been, what, in his late 80s at that time, and he sang like a bird. He could still Absolutely. hit those high notes. Yeah. Oh, he, he had those high notes till the very end. Yeah. So, so we, saw, we saw him for, I'll say, about six months, and then the old lantern, like all really great old places, finally closed down. Oh, uh, that left Ernie with nothing to do the last Sunday of the month. We went out. He would do an annual luau at his Menahuni Ranch um, out, out where he lived on the, the far west side of Tucson. Mm-hmm. And we went to the luau, and at that luau, I think he announced that this was going to be his last luau as well. And Maggie just broke down and started to cry. Oh. Because not only have we lost him for his monthly gig at the Old Lantern, but he's not going to be doing his luau's either. Mm-hmm. And after the, after the show, Maggie went up to him, sort of with, you know, stained mascara, and put her arms around him and thought, like, this can't... Ernie, you know, we, we, you can't retire. This is, you know, we've got 
And Ernie's thing was he didn't know where to go anymore. He didn't mm-hmm. have a gig anymore, and he felt that he was getting he was getting too old as well. Mm-hmm. But he still wanted to perform. And we basically said, "No, that's not going to work for us, Ernie. We'll find we'll we'll get you a gig." Um, not that he was he he didn't feel he was too old to perform, but he was his luau. He hosted like three hundred people, and so that was a little bit of a large gig for him for him to put on himself. Mm-hmm. And that's where he was like, that's a lot for me to do. Yeah. But he wanted to perform. Um, he wanted to perform up until, you know, the very last day. He was, he wanted to perform. He just didn't want to put on such a large show yeah. by himself. But so we, we basically, we went back to the Contiki and said, um, we need you to. We need to get Ernie Menahuni to perform in here on a regular basis. If the guy's great and he's got nowhere left to perform, so Contiki and us basically jumped Ernie and said, "Right, now you can perform here every month." So that's great. And we would advertise. We put ads in the weekly, and I do all these ads, and I would start. We started to. Um, to put picture, old photographs of him that were taken from the back of his albums. It, it just kind of took off again, and he had another gig. And all the old people that would see him at the Old Lantern and at his new out then just had somewhere else to go. So they would come to the Contiki as well. And it was like... But it wasn't just that. Okay. Mark was making these wonderful advertisements to advertise his show. So it also sort of sparked a resurgence of interest among younger folks as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, our contemporaries and people our age and younger started hearing about him and seeing all those ads in the in the local newspaper mm-hmm. and wondering what, what's up with this. So they started showing up to his shows as well as the Contiki. Oh, great. Right. The, the ads were all sort of, we knew that, you know, the older people that were part of the Tucson, but they were going to come to see him anyway. Mm-hmm. Our job was to get other people to come. So all the ads were sort of like more designed to, you know, Hipsters didn't exist back then, but, you know, the younger, hipper crowd mm-hmm. to go and see this old-school performer at, you know, at a great old-school place that you probably haven't been. So it was sort of like it really worked out well, and we got this whole new crowd of people to go into the Contiki and appreciate the Contiki, drink at the Contiki, and see Ernie. So it was like it was, it was great. It was really nice. It worked and, out well. And the younger crowd loved him, too. They appreciated, you know, his 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 old school charm and his and, and and everything he had going for him. So he at that point gained a whole new generational, if not multiple generations, of fans at that point. Wow, really? He just it just yeah. restarted, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it I was, I, and, and I was it amazed. Was Mark was very cheeky with his advertisements, <laughs> and they were very well laid out and thoughtful and and, and respectful and respectful. Mm-hmm. And it was just inviting everybody to come back and celebrate Ernie. I was actually really surprised. I mean, when when I came to Contiki, the whole restaurant was packed to see him. It was mm-hmm. packed. It was it was one of those. Moving to the Contiki, he just, you know, he had his base crowd. Uh-huh. And then we were to 
build upon that. And and he did he would he would sell out shows. It would be standing room only for his shows at the Contiki. Very cool, very cool. And 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 I understand from the uh the Tucson Weekly article about him that he was actually planning his next Contiki show, right? When he passed away. Yeah, he, he wanted to do another show and I I think he went into the Tiki, was talking to Louie and said, Let's do another show and it was at that time, after that, and Louis said, yes, let's do another show, because he hadn't done one for a, a year or so. He performed at the Contiki's 50th, mm-hmm. and that was the last time he had performed in there, and then he, he, was, he was very frail, and he, he wanted to do another show, and his doctor told him he shouldn't do, he couldn't do another show. Oh. And Ernie wanted to do one, and it was actually after that meeting that he actually was basically taken to the hospital. Yeah, it was within. He was ready to. He was ready to. He wanted to. He wanted very much to perform again. Mm-hmm. Ernie, more than anything else, what we learned in going to his memorial, mm-hmm. more than anything throughout Ernie's life, the thread was. Performing, the show must go on, keep going. And so, even though his doctors had told him for a year he shouldn't be performing, he should be taking it easy, because at that point he's 91, 92, he really, his, his last days were spent going, he went into the Contiki going, I want to do another show. Mm-hmm. And they were going to do it, but he immediately ended up going into the hospital and, and, and that's when, you know, things went downhill and it didn't uh-huh. happen. But, you, you know, he was up until the very end wanting to perform. It, it was, it was hard to believe that he was his age. I mean, he, he was really active and, and really, you know, on the ball and it was, yeah. uh, it was really, it was really neat to see. It was a time machine to watch him performing, especially at the backdrop of the Contiki to see this performer who was uh, a well-known Hawaiian lounge act in the 60s uh, and I guess into the 70s, and, and here he is in this cool tiki environment doing it again, and it was uh, it really was a time machine. I loved it. When you would go to his show, the first time you would see him come out in a Don Ho wig, I mean, <laughs> he was... I. I you know, how can you forget the Don Holwig and his red Converse? And right, he always wore red Converse, always. Yeah, right? huge, huge feet. He had <laughs> he had giant feet for such a little man. He had giant feet, and he always wore red Converse. That's what he always performed in. And and high yeah, Converse high tops. <laughs> and, and white white pants that were always too short. <laughs> Right, and he was a he, short guy to begin with, right? He was, yeah, and he was a consummate performer and, and professional, and he really embodied the, the guy that, you know, he played Vegas and Reno and all of those, and, and he embodied that sort of consummate professional of that time, mm-hmm. that even though he didn't make it big, he honed his craft. Mm-hmm. And, and and he performed 
and utilize that craft his entire life. And every here's the best part: everybody loved him. He was a lovely human being. He really was. But yeah, really lovely. He was. He he lived for performing and entertaining people, and 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 sort of touching them in a personal way. Mm-hmm. So anybody that wanted to talk to him, he would completely open to. Very cool. Yes, and I have to say, I am one of the small club with you that has a double signed Ernie Menahuni record. <laughs> I'll meet you on eBay. <laughs> I I have it framed in my room. I I have it. It's the the Suntan Irishman album. On the back, it was signed to some woman, and I forget. And I brought it to him when I came to his luau, and he signed it on the front cover. So I'm like, okay. And he dated it. So it looks like he dated yeah. everything, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly, and that's why there's very few people, just a handful of people that have double-dated, double-signed, or any kind of movie albums. All right, we're in the club. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard to find one that wasn't signed by Uh. Ernie. It was hard to find one. I've got got the very rare unsigned Ernie Menemuni record. More rare than the double-signed is the one that's unsigned. The unsigned, that's pretty cool. And I still, I still find them in thrift stores. And even though I've got multiples of all of them, I still always, they're always a dollar. I will always spend a dollar on Ernie. And I, or I've got, you know, I, I keep buying Ernie Manahuni records. That's fantastic. You know, I, I, I think I've got all of them, and they're good. I, he's a great singer. Yeah. Well, thank you both for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the show again, I guess I should say. Our pleasure. Again, thank you both, Mark and Maggie Bloom from Tucson, Arizona, of Velvet Glass fame, and now also of the... uh, Tales from the Trash. Tales Tales from the the Trash, trash. yes. There's a .com at the end as well. And it's on Facebook. You said plugging it frantically at the end. There you go. (laughs) Tales from the Trash on Facebook, talesfromthetrash.com, as well as Velvet Glass on both Facebook and .com, right? Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you both. Aloha. Aloha. Minoy, 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 I'm here with Jeff Chenault, uh, exotica expert and now noted author, right, with your new book on the Kahiki, which was in Columbus, Ohio, his hometown. Aloha, yes. Jeff. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> Aloha to you. I am the Kahiki I'm, Supper Club. The, 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 the Kahiki book. Supper Club. Yes. 
you know, I wish we were meeting under better circumstances, but uh, we're actually meeting because this episode is dedicated to the late, great Ernie Minahuni, uh, who passed away in... Uh, he passed away in March of Mo- 2015. It was March 26th, actually, of this year. And you and I got to to meet him and hang out with him and get to know him a little bit. And uh, that was... Uh, really- Slightly. That was awesome, dude. Are you kidding me? That was that was a lot of fun, especially seeing him playing in the Contiki at Tucson. Oh, man. That was totally magical. And then going out to the Menahuni Village, I mean, together, just you and me, you know, and we're wondering, where the hell is he? You know, we don't see nobody. We're looking at this little house with a, with a pit bull outside, you know, and we're like, <laughs> oh, man, I don't know about this place. And, and we started pulling in and looked around, and there's Ernie waving us in, you know, to the Menahuni Village. Yeah. And we're like, we're there. <laughs> that really was, was a lot of fun. So tell, tell me a little bit about, a little bit about Ernie. I mean, I I know some stuff, but you probably know more than I do about Ernie. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, we met him together, but I mean, I interviewed him before that, before I actually got to meet him, uh, you know, a few years earlier. We talked on the phone a few times and stuff, but, but I found him by, by finding one of his records, you know, because I'm like, you know, who is this guy doing an album called uh, Waikiki Jackpot? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, what is this? You know, and and then I, I, lo and behold, I find out he's he's still around. He's still, you know, singing. He's still performing, and uh, you know, doing his thing. You know, so uh, we talked a few times, and then uh, that time we got to meet him was uh, the best. I mean, <laughs> I'll never forget that as long as I live. You know, but yeah, he was just uh, one of the the, the most uh, biggest entertainers on the uh, uh, on the club circuit. Uh, for doing, you know, Hawaiian-type music, you know? Yeah. He was Arizona's ambassador of Aloha, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he was born in 1923, and then when he moved here to California in 52, he was pumping gas uh, for Burt Lancaster at Mullins Brothers Gas Station. That was around around 52, 53. But anyways, when he moved to Arizona, uh, that's when he built the Menahuni Village. <laughs> Now he, five he, acres of, of of green carpet of green <laughs> in the of, middle of the desert of, <laughs> of green carpet exactly. Yes, it was awesome. You see that man? It was like oh, yeah. he, he built it. He made the tiki's himself. He carved the tiki's and uh, you know did a lot of the the uh, interior work of the place. It had that stage called the Aloha Shell. Uh-huh. Remember that. That was the name of the main stage. So, I mean, it, it, the guy was just super cool. I mean, that's what he was. The original Hawaiian hipster. Now, he toured a lot in the Midwest, and he was actually a big dude in Vegas. I mean, he was in a lot of the lounges. Yeah, yeah. He did five, five seasons at Caesars Palace, played the dunes, and, and he was billed as Hawaii's suntanned Irishman. <laughs> Which is odd, because he's not Irish. <laughs> right. Uh, he said he's got Irish in him, but he's got some uh, a bunch of other stuff, too, you know? 
we met him that one time. I did do an interview with him, so I want to encourage oh, everybody to go back cool. into the archives for this show and wow. uh, and check out the interview. So um, please definitely do that. So anyway, we're talking about Ernie. He had a lot of records. Yeah, I'm counting right now. One, two, three, four, five, six albums that I know of. Didn't you say that someone released some of his records uh, on CD, I think? Um, well, one of his uh, uh, band members was uh, putting out his tapes because Ernie kept all his masters. He still had those. He still uh, had the I masters. Think... Yes, he does. That's what he told me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so so they're, they're out there, unless he gave them to the guy that's putting out the CDs, and they could easily... Uh, uh, repress those things if they wanted to. He's got Back to Aloha Land. He's got one called uh, Waikiki Jackpot. Jackpot, yeah, uh, yeah. That's got some good tunes. He's got the the one that's, uh, I think it's, isn't it called Hawaii Suntan Irishman? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ernie Menahuni's Hawaiian, oh no, Hawaii Suntan Irishman, yeah. And right. they were all on, um, on Roadrunner Records. Yeah, they were privately pressed on road on the Roadrunner label, a Heath Productions company out of Safford, Arizona. So they were privately pressed right there in in Arizona. Okay. Uh, first album was released in 1964, and that was at, uh, at Back to Aloha. He had a heck of a voice. Oh man, yeah, it was awesome. He was like this Frank Sinatra Polynesian guy. Yeah. You know? I mean, he, he and it was falsetto, and I mean, it was probably three octaves at least. I, I mean, when you watch him play live, his voice can go high and low really fast. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, he's he's incredible to watch. He's always funny. You know, that's yeah. what I love about that guy. He was always cracking jokes and always laughing. Yeah. You know, he would always make a joke about something. It was great. I I yeah. loved. In his show, it was funny because he was singing, I forget what song it was, it was some Hawaiian song, and he would sing it up up an octave, and then he would ask the audience, you want it higher? And then he would sing it up another octave. Right, and, right. And I'll never forget the funny thing. He said, you want it higher? And everybody said yes. Then he stands on a chair and sings it another <laughs> octave. That's right, I forgot about that. <laughs> That was a blast. Well, I I really wanted to have you on this show because you and I got to hang out with him, and uh, I know you you appreciated it as much as I do. I mean, his his act oh, was, man. let's face it, it was a little dated and cheesy, but it was actually cool that way. You <laughs> it know? was, man. That was, was like this, you know, like this crooner guy. Yeah, from Hawaii playing out west. Yeah, it, it was it was really funny. And then when we got to go to his his uh, ranch for his luau that he did, because oh yeah, he had he had the uh, the Polynesian luau out there. His yeah. luau, and then he had a he has a whole stage built out there, and because it's in in Tucson, Arizona, grass won't grow, so he put carpet down and painted it green. <laughs> To make it look, you know, more like home. Yeah, and he had a he had a pond out there, and yeah, with the waterfall, and uh, you know, he had hand carved tiki's that yeah, he did himself. He carved his own tiki's, yeah. 
Yeah. And sharks. Yeah. I remember the, I, the the stuffed sharks or the the shark. That's the, right. That he got from some restaurant that was serving seafood. It went out of business. Right. <laughs> yeah. The Menahuni Village. That was the place, dude. The Menahuni Village. Menahuni Village. That was we really. We went there together. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to see his show. It was a lot we, of fun. We got to give thanks to Maggie and Mark for putting us up that weekend too. Yes, Maggie, yeah. uh, Mark, and Maggie Bloom—they were—they uh, were basically instrumental in getting him back into the Contiki and kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah, got him going again, and he loved it, man. He was uh, now. He was in his nineties, right? Do you know? Remember what age he was when he passed? Oh, when he passed away, yeah, he was 92. Amazing, he was still going on. Yeah, man, but they were going to set something up. He was going to come out there with his, uh, his his tennis shoes on and yeah. his, uh, you know, his, his Hawaiian shirt and his microphone and uh, entertain, as usual. He was such a character and so uh, so upbeat, you know, and uh, it was amazing to see him and to actually talk to him and... Uh, and hang out with him. It was a lot of that fun. I mean, what, that, I was trying to figure out the year of that, Mark, but that was 2008. Was it a 08? That long ago? Wow. It was 08, yeah. And in 2007, one year before we went and saw him, Ernie was inducted into the Tucson Music Hall of Fame. So I didn't that know that. Cool. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So that was that was pretty cool. Well, the interesting, another interesting thing, too, is I know he, um, on the back of one of his records, and since I don't have them in front of me, I can tell one of them talks about his stint performing in Tucson at the Spanish Trails Inn Resort. Yes, I heard of that one, yeah. And uh, the last time I was there in Tucson, the Spanish Trails is still there. It's not operational. The building is still there. And oh, wow. The sign, about three years ago, the sign was still pretty much intact. It was a beautiful sign. And mm-hmm. uh, and the last time I was there, which I guess maybe four or five months ago, the sign was completely just had fallen apart. But uh, that's that a shame. the Spanish Trail? The Spanish Trail. And apparently, from yeah. what I've heard from people who are from Tucson, who that was the place and it was right on i-10 so people traveling uh, from california or right. phoenix um yeah they would go through Interstate tucson 10, yeah yeah right off, of, right off the highway it was a big place and apparently it had a really hopping nightclub and ernie was the big draw for quite a long time i understand sadly it's the building is there, but it is—it's closed up, boarded up, and just falling apart, yeah. unfortunately. But um, you know that place is probably hopping and bopping. And I remember Ernie telling us stories about performing in some of the nightclubs when uh, Sinatra was there and Dean Martin was there, and because he said, you know, he told us, you know, they would pop in once in a while and check his show out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I mean, how cool is that? Hey, there's Dean Martin over there having a martini. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, back in that era, I mean, that was in the heyday of the original tiki tiki craze. So that was the original stuff back then. You know, I mean, everybody, all all kinds of restaurants had their own, you know, entertainment. You know, and the Polynesian stuff was mixed right in with everything else. Bowling alleys. Contiki, Pago, Pago, Port Call, Trader Vic's, Down the Beachcomber. I mean, they all 
had music in them, you know? Yeah. 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 Back in the day when going we, out was going out and having a, a entertainment and dinner and drinks and everything. Yeah. Dinner, drinks, and awesome bands. Right. Right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm not going to keep you too much longer. I'm going to let you go. And um, unless there's any other uh, Ernie Minahuni things you want to you wanna add? Yeah, I do. Okay. You know what? Ernie not only was the original Hawaiian hipster, he was cool to the end, baby. He's back in Aloha land. There you go. And that leads right into the tune of Back to Aloha Land. Exactly. Well, big mahalo to everybody. Suzanne Perry, Mark and Maggie Bloom from Velvet Glass, as well as Tales from the Trash.com. And of course, Jeff Chenault for coming out. I want to thank all of you for listening to The Quiet Village. I encourage all of you out there, if you're record collectors, get out there and start looking for those Ernie Minahuni records. They really are little gems. I really enjoy it. And now I am going to leave you with the perfect song that Jeff did, the perfect segue. Here is Ernie Minahuni from his album Back to Aloha Land. This is the title track, Back to to Aloha Land. Until next time, everyone, I will be back very soon with more. Aloha, everybody, and aloha, Ernie. Got my eye on a palm tree and a shoe full of sand. I'm back where I want to be, back in Aloha Land. Got my toe on a surfboard and the feeling is grand. No troubles can come aboard, back in Aloha Land. We pull the net at the Hukilau by the bay. You can bet. This time I'm gonna stay Cause I've got my sweet young wahini And I know where I stand I'm back where I wanna be Back in Aloha Land Cause I've got my sweet young wahini And I know where I stand I'm back where I wanna be Back in Aloha, back in Aloha 